Hi, this is Jonathan Mickles with the Strategic Multifamily Investing Podcast, and I have with me Savannah, the net worth nurse. Let me see, did I get that right? Sure did. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? Doing quite well. Thank you so much. By the time, um, most people don't know that we're up pretty early uh, for ourselves right now, and, and Savannah has... Oh my gosh, she has uh, decided to get up and it's pretty early. She's on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. And um, I, I know she's about to grab a, uh, another shift here. And I thank you so much for taking the time out to, to come and talk with us a little bit more about uh, what's going on with you. So can you, uh, first of all, give us an introduction about yourself and um, just, yeah, how you got into multifamily? How about that? Okay, yeah. Um, so I am from Northern California. I went to school up there, graduated with my nursing degree, worked in a couple of different specialties, moved down to Los Angeles, went back to school and got my master's degree in nursing and administration and leadership. Uh, right now I oversee multiple departments in a hospital down here in Los Angeles. I was on maternity leave with my second daughter and started researching different ways that my husband and I could start investing, putting our money to use just outside the normal stock market retirement funds that we were already set up with. And we stumbled upon real estate, fell in love, got bit by the bug pretty hard. I started binging every podcast episode I could listen to on my walks with my daughter. That was all I was, I was listening to, reading a bunch of different books. We originally started investing in single family homes. And then as I was continuing to learn about the real estate space and just different strategies that you that are within real estate, I stumbled upon multifamily and just thought it was a great way to scale a business and really just uh, achieve more financial freedom and freedom with time, which when my husband and I sat down and got specific about our goals and why we were even getting into real estate to begin with, that was, that was huge for us. So then we um, switched paths and started investing in multifamily. Wow. That's a lot to cover. Can I, if yeah. you don't mind, I want to dig into some of that that's there. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much. You are a frontline worker right now. Uh, COVID is pretty rampant out in California right now. Can you, can you give us an update on, you know, just some things that you're seeing, uh, any tips or thoughts that you have about uh, what's happening and, and what we can do as, as uh, people to support you? Yeah, it is very bad. So it is January 10th right here in um, in LA and Southern California. It's the worst COVID has ever hit. Um, more than half our hospital is COVID patients. We've converted eight non-ICU units into ICU units. Um, our morgue can't handle bodies at this point. We have free freezer trucks out uh, throughout most of LA, similar to how New York had back in March, April. Um, it's pretty bad. Um, it, it's um, only expected to get worse over the next few weeks just because of all the holidays. We're still kind of getting recovering from that. Um, I mean, really just the only thing I can recommend is to stay safe and stay aware. If you feel symptoms, I mean, get tested and do your best not to be around people if you're feeling like that. Got it. And so I want to say again, thank you to you and uh, to your staff for, for doing all that you can do to, to keep us safe. And uh, thank you again for giving us an update. We continue to pray. I know I continue yeah. to pray yes. uh, for your safety um, as you're walking through this. This is, um, uh, you know, we pray that everybody will again come out on the other side, you know, safe yeah. and healthy on your staff. Um, so I'm sorry. Thank you. 
My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so going back to kind of how you got started, uh, you mentioned that you guys started off in single family. Were you doing, you know, more fix and flips? Were you doing, you know, more renovations, buy and hold kind of things? You know, what kinds of kinds of things were you doing there? Originally, when we first discovered real estate, we were hooked on the Burr method and we were thinking we wanted to do this out of state. So if anyone's not familiar with the Burr method, it's it buying a, <laughs> a, little, a little disclosure on that. Um, it's, it's pretty popular once you're in the real estate or at least more people have heard of it. But if you haven't, it's where you're buying a property pretty usually with all cash, a very um, a kind of under market value property for pretty low. You're rehabbing it. You're renting it out, then placing a tenant in there, refinancing it with the goals of hopefully you've pushed equity into the property. And now you're refinancing it, hoping to pull out all the capital that you initially invested in it. And then you're repeating it. So then you're going to go and do another thing and buy another single family home way below market value, push appreciation into it and equity, and then pull it back out and keep doing it. And it's a great way to scale. If you have a limited amount of capital, this is sort of what my husband and I were expecting and doing. We had a, a chunk of capital that we were hoping to stretch as far as it could. The issue was we're in California, so that, that money wouldn't stretch far down here. Uh, we were investing in Atlanta, Georgia, but with these Burr properties, you're overseeing pretty much a complete rehab, a, a complete rehab with most of these properties. And it was something that we have no experience with this, although there are people doing it across the country just with our comfort level, we decided that wasn't for us. And we we didn't really want to dive into that. And not because it doesn't work. There's tons of people out there doing it. We just did not want to do that particular strategy. Can, um, I, so, can I interject here? So yes. in, in, in Los Angeles and being in Los Angeles, you mentioned that it's very, very expensive yes. to be able to do that. So I mean, what made you choose Atlanta and and number two, how did you find people, you know, how do you renovate literally on the other side of the country? Yeah, um, we um, started just researching different markets because we, we had this strategy in mind. We were looking at, I mean, I mean, Texas, Arizona, they're huge, the Carolinas, Georgia. I mean, as you start listening to more podcasts and talking to people, you know where the investors are doing deals and where it's a good market. Atlanta, Georgia just hit close home to us because the film industry has taken off there. We hear a lot about it from here in LA, just everything that's moving over there for specifically the film industry, entertainment industry, Amazon's moved over there, Chick-fil-A headquarters are over there, Walmart's huge there. There's just a lot of job growth and it's had a great population growth over the last few years. And the city itself has all these plans to keep um Re renovating the, the entire city and um, it's just expected to grow. So, and we have boots on the ground over there. We have a couple friends over there. We've never been over there, but we felt like if we needed someone to drive past a property, we could. Um, we So we originally did start looking out there, but then we were building a team over there. So that's finding a broker. We were talking to construction companies initially. We were talking to property management companies. We were really vetting out this business plan for a few months. And then after a while, we decided, mm, let's just buy some new builds over there. It was safe. They were cash flowing. Uh, we personally live in a new build here in Los Angeles, and it's appreciated crazy over the last few years that we've owned it. And because 
Um, I know it's, you don't want to bank on appreciation as an investor, but we feel very strongly about the Georgia market that we felt like it was a safe and a smart investment. So then there's a couple, there's a bunch of stuff that you just said. Number one, uh -huh. you mentioned uh, a, a key term that we use a lot uh, in commercial real estate boots on the ground, meaning having somebody there in the market. And so while you had friends who could potentially go buy, you didn't utilize them because you built another thing, a team. So you found a broker, et cetera. And I'm pretty sure they gave you recommendations for, um, you know, companies or, or, or people who could do renovations if necessary. Yes. Um, and, and do some some uh, handyman things. And then you built a relationship with a property manager. Those are the people who will make sure that, you know, they, you know, do the background checks, if you mm -hmm. will, <clears throat> to be able to get into, you know, into the home. Uh, these are all things that, you know, from a commercial real estate perspective, you're going to need. And so it, it see, it, I could see very easily how you all were able to transition from, you know, from uh, from residential into commercial, because again, you've been able to build that team. Um, and I, I think that that was a great idea going with new builds because um, the the likelihood that you're gonna need to have some renovation is gonna be very little, right? And anything else, the property manager. And so while you say, you know, you would like to have appreciation, that's another great thing that you mentioned. Appreciation for you all was a bonus. It right. was not the, in game. And for a lot of people, they walk into an environment or walk into an investment and it is, you know, uh, appreciation only. And so they're losing money every month. And that wasn't the case with you guys, it sounds like. It yeah. sounds like you were cash flowing, you know, um, for each one of the properties that you had. How many properties did you guys buy? We bought two together specifically within that new build town home that we had. Okay. And so then what, what kind of cash flow were you saying? Can you talk about cash flow a little bit? Yeah. Okay, what yeah. kind of were you guys getting on each one of those uh, those homes? Um, we ended up buying, we wanted to make our money stretch for us. So we ended up getting into those townhomes with 15% down. So we are paying mortgage insurance on both of them, which cuts into that cash flow. It's about 60 bucks a month on each property that we're expecting to pay for, I think, another two years. And then that'll drop off and it'll help our cash flow. But even now they were cash flowing 250 to 300 each um and that's with minor taking into reserves minor minor capital expenditures and um that takes care of your, so that's 300 200 250 300 also with property management and yes. uh, i'm pretty sure some other re capital reserves that you have yes reserves that's a that's a great deal that's a yeah, they're, they're something we could buy, get into this. They were with a buy and hold strategy. We plan to hold on to these long-term and either use them to pull out equity later on, so use them kind of as a bank to keep buying more properties or refinance and pull chunks of money out and, and keep building our wealth through real estate with that respect. But they're kind of just hanging out uh, because they're new builds. We don't expect to do a lot of maintenance on them. They've proven really, really low maintenance and we're kind of just sitting on them. There you go. Mm -hmm. So then you 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 mentioned that you have a a, a new addition to the family. Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, and you wanted to make a pivot, you know, from just the traditional strategies of being in the market. Um, it, it, it's good to also understand that you were in the market, but you recognize your portfolio could potentially get better <clears throat> by getting into real estate. Mm -hmm. and, 
um, that's another strategy that I found that, you know, if you look at the Forbes, uh, Forbes list, most of the people that are on the Forbes list who've made their um, riches have have more than 0% of their uh, portfolio in real estate in some sort of capacity. And so you've made that transition. That's great. Yes. So um, you all have done a syndication. Am I correct? Yes, we have. What, what market were you in? MSA, as we call it. <clears throat> Um, this one was up in our most recent one was up in Oregon. Okay, most recent one. So that means you have a couple now that you're in. Uh, we're we're under for for a second one that we're working on. That's up in the up in Oregon as well in the same market. We loved it. We built a great team up there. Um, so we're rolling with what we got. So is Oregon considered a, a hot market as well? Is that Portland area? So uh, I would say no. I mean, I never, I didn't hear about it on any podcast. I didn't hear about people investing there. Um, it just wasn't one of the cities or states that got mentioned frequently. And I think because it has rent control, so it deters a lot of investors away from it. Um, but with that being said, rent control, even for the next year, 2021, you can raise rents 9.1%. Um, um, so our business plan never includes raising rents by that much every year. So it's fine. We make our numbers work with it. Um, we, yeah. I, yeah. I, okay. So let me see if we could go under the hood a little bit. And if you're, you're willing to share this, I know for, for us, if we're looking in a good market, as we say, a good market, meaning where everybody says this is the place to go generally, you know, expenses or uh, rents, uh, expenses or income, which would be rents, you raise, you know, somewhere around about two to 3%. Right. Uh, and so if you, you know, are allowed to raise rents up to 9%, it, mm -hmm. it's like, that's a good idea. Is that kind of the, you know, how you, how you all do your underwriting as well? Yes. Yep. That's pretty standard. Um, with, with our syndication up there, our most recent one, rents were very, very below market rent, 25% below. So we are going to be raising them heavily over the next couple of years just to get it back up to market value and, and really implement our business strategy. It was a very strong value add deal with that respect. But I think a lot of investors don't even look in Oregon because they hear that. And then they, instead of digging deeper into what rent control actually means in the state, they just look somewhere else, which is fine. We're hoping to swoop up on some of those deals and, and it's working, proven to be pretty beneficial up there. There There is competition, but it seems like the competition's coming from the locals that are up there. I don't think a lot of people are investing out of state up there. Got it. Well, that is awesome. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm learning some other additional, additional things as well. Um, I know that there are certain other markets that some people don't go into because of rent control, but yeah. you make a very valid point on, on that. And you've got your first and your second one. So um, most times, you know, people are, are doing those syndications as what we call a, uh, a B, B class. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Um, uh, SEC <clears throat> 506B offering. Yes which is your family and friends and SEC uh, 506C is one that generally you can advertise to the public. Uh, which one did you guys decide to go with? We did the 506B on this one just because we had friends and family who knew that we were investing in real estate and they wanted to jump in with us and they weren't um, necessarily accredited investors. So they weren't meeting those requirements to be accredited and listed as a 506D deal, B or C deal. So we ended up doing 506B so that we could, we could have some of our friends and family invest with us. And honestly, that was a huge reason why we started syndicating in the first place was to be able to share investment opportunities with other people who might not even know about it or um, 
haven't, haven't, don't think it's possible and just kind of spreading the news. So when we presented what real estate syndications were to our friends and family, they were very much on board and wanted to jump in with us. Got it. So you have a, already had a substantial, uh, a substan wow, substantial pre-existing relationship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have to make sure we, we, we do this right in order to do a, a, a B offering and that congratulations. Um, so then now you, you're rolling, you've got your first one. How many units was that one, if you don't mind me asking? 12 units. Uh, the business plan had the opportunity to turn a storage unit into an additional unit. So that one's almost done. By the time we're finished with it, it'll have 13. Wow. And then this yeah. new one that you have under contract is? Uh, 16. 16 units. Excellent. Yeah. So this is a, another strategy, you know, that's very good. You're going for the, the lower mm. um, um, uh, units, the number of units. Generally, you know, if you're talking to some of the people who are really good uh, or really big out there in, in this strategy uh, of doing syndications, they're looking at 50 to 100 units or 100 units or more in order to, for it to make sense for them yeah. to come into a particular area, because then that's when you get your economies of scale, you get your national, um, this is all property management stuff that they're thinking, you know, you can get your national accounts together and it just makes sense to be able to have staff, if you will, that's gonna be there. Um, but for <clears throat> someone like yourself, you're in Los Angeles, uh, Oregon is not that far away. And, you know, having that smaller um, entry point allows you to be able to grow. You know, you started small and you went big. It doesn't mean that you can't go big right off the break, but understand that you're out there competing against a bunch of other people at the same time. So that's awesome that you guys are, are, are definitely going. I know your next one probably is going to wind up being 50 or <laughs> 60 by then. then you've taken on, you know, you've taken on Fannie Freddie. Are you doing Fannie Freddie loans or are you doing local um, non uh, recourse loans? Non-recourse local credit unions. Local credit unions, non-recourse. That's yep. another strategy because most times yep. for those smaller ones, we're looking at, you know, people want to look at Fannie and Freddie and you may not have the the background to be able to, to take on those. Uh, I know some of the those that are like 50 or 60 units, you know, you may need to raise a hundred, a uh, hundred, uh, not a hundred, a million dollars or so. Right. And um, with that, you're going to need a bunch of other things that you may not qualify for. But if you've gotten a, if you've gotten a local bank, it makes a lot of sense for you, you to be able to get in. How did you find the local banks or did you just start taking the phone, calling them or what, what were some strategies there? Yeah, with this, uh, these uh, properties in particular, the bookkeeping was pretty bad on them and we knew that going into it. So that also makes it very difficult to get agency debt when the bookkeeping isn't on par. Um, this was something that the broker made us aware of from the start and recommended um, a lender, a mortgage broker who was working with local credit unions in the area. So he vetted out a couple. So the mortgage lender was a referral from our broker who sent us the original property and he ended up sending us and connecting with um, the local credit unions that had good, good terms and we ended up moving forward with them. So it was a referral. Good. It was a referral. And I mean, but everything that you said made a whole bunch of sense to me. I had some other questions that came up. So then was it traditionally that you were raising 25%, um, you know, in terms of uh, equity first, and then on top of that CapEx for your first deal? Yep, exactly. So because it was a very strong value add deal, we were raising to renovate that storage unit. Yeah. So we were raising an additional 60,000 on top of the 25% down. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Well, this is, this is awesome. This is a, case, a textbook case on, mm -hmm. on how to do it. And yeah. you call yourself the net worth 
nurse. Yeah. How did you come up with that? I mean, obviously, uh -huh. I know you're a nurse, but you know, what you have a mission, it seems like that's that's connected. Yes. Definitely. When um, that was one of the big learning takeaways that we learned from, after syndicating our first couple deals was that when we were connecting with investors who maybe weren't familiar with real estate and not especially with syndications, they had lots of questions about what it all entailed. And we didn't necessarily have all the reg educational resources from us to kind of give them a basic understanding of what it was. We were constantly referring them out to other people. We were sending them links of different articles out there. And we decided that if we want to continue to grow this and spread the word and work with as many investors as we can, that we needed to build our own content and our own platform and in order to really, really serve our investors the best we could. So I built the net worth nurse and with it, I've created YouTube videos that explain different syndications, different strategies. We did a doodle video. Um, I've put out a few blogs just explaining kind of what, what is a syndication, what can you can expect in it, what kind of returns you can expect. And I've put this all on the website. So now when we're having conversations with investors, I can refer them to the website. And most of the time, all their questions are answered just by looking through the material there. And then we can kind of prevent some of the back and forth, back and forth in that respect of just knowledge base. And then we can get straight into talking about the deal that we have and what kind of returns they can expect for that deal. That makes a lot of sense. You're 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 giving me some ideas of things that I need to do. I'm in the middle of a rebrand myself, but this makes a ton of sense. Um, yes. In order to and what to put there because there's yes. so much that you can you can say, so much that you can do, so much that you can you know, but mm -hmm. how do you educate you know specifically to what you know you all do? So that's yeah. great. You so you have a base. How do they find you? Um, we, we referral basis. We're talking to a lot of people. Um, I am trying to cater to healthcare professionals just because that's my comfort level. Those are my people. Um, they're who I interact with on a day-to-day -day basis. And in the healthcare world, you deal with a lot of busy medical professionals who don't have either the time or the awareness to seek out alternative investment strategies. Although they may have the capital to put forward in these investments, they don't necessarily even, they don't know what they don't know. And they're working towards the traditional 401k um, investment stock market. And my my strategy is really just to get in with these people, share what they can do in real estate, how easy it is to get in, especially as a passive investor. A lot of these people, I know initially when my husband and I were looking into real estate investing, we were looking to passively invest in a syndication deal. And we didn't even know this was a thing. We didn't know it existed. And it was like so awesome that syndications are allowing all these investors to come together, put together all their resources in terms of capital and invest passively in a deal, not do any other work, let a vetted out experienced operator run the property, find the property, do all the heavy lifting, and you get to still reap all the benefits of that deal and, and the business plan and all the returns. And um, as we were vetting out LPs uh, opportunities, we just fell in love with the syndication process because I do operations with work anyways in healthcare and I oversee a bunch of different operational aspects of healthcare and I was like wow this is so similar it just it felt like 
something we could do as, as a business. And we ended up going that route, but now we're just trying to show other people that there is an opportunity to still reap the benefits of real estate by acting in, um, passively in deals. So then what is your website? Let me ask that question. Yep. Uh, the net worth nurse, you can find me under the net worth nurse under all social media handles. So like I said, I have YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and that's really where I direct people because that's where all my content is. Um, I'm heavy on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, all of them actually LinkedIn. Um, I'm constantly interacting with people, um, networking. And even if you're wanting to get into the space as a syndicator and an operator, huge networking opportunities. There are big, lots of syndicators and and um, operators that I've met through social media. Yes, tons. Uh, I would say LinkedIn. I would yeah. say Zoom at eight. Um, yeah. Peterson. I mean, yeah. if you, you want to get connected, we can tell you where. So yes. feel free to reach out to either one of us. Um, yeah. and we can make sure that you're, you're plugged in. And some of them are cost. But most of the ones that we've seen most recently are been have been free. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely reach out to us and we can, we can put you in contact. Um, what else do you want to share that, um, that you've learned in your journey? What is the, the one thing we call it here, giving, giving people the boot, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it could I be considered a negative thing like, ah, but no, this is kind of a, a good prod. You know, we want to give people the boot to move on and do the mm -hmm. next thing. How, how, what is it that you would uh, say to give, uh, your past self or someone else out there that you know the boot? I think get very specific on your why and what you want to get out of real estate investing. My husband and I, when we went down this journey, we sat down together, wrote down our five-year goals, 10-year goals, and then sort of worked backwards what we needed to do at three years to make our five-year and 10-year goals work. What did we need to accomplish on a yearly basis to make that happen every three months, weekly and daily, what action we needed to be taking to meet those goals. And when you do it that way, it becomes really systematic. You, you have a really laid out what you need to be doing to make it to your goals. And our why is our daughters. We have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. They're our everything. And we work full-time jobs and we just wanted to use real estate and leverage all the opportunity within real estate to put ourselves in a position five, 10 years down the road where we would have more time freedom and financial freedom and really the, the ability to be there for them um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And because that why is so strong, it gives us the motivation to, you know, we work all day, we come home from work, we hang out with our daughters, we put them to bed and we get grinding on real estate. We're doing deals, we're building marketing, we're uh, building different content, we're reaching out to other investors and syndicators and we're networking it at night, you know, after we put the girls to bed and it's not hard, you know, we sacrifice Netflix binges and other things that we were used to doing. Um, but they ultimately ended up being time wasters at, um, at night. And although we, we have our, um, balance of real things we do to relax and kind of do alter to alternatively to real estate, it's our why is so strong that it motivates us to take action every night. So I, I would say the boot is to get specific on your why. Get specific on your why. I like that. And thank you for all the other detail that's there. You, you're, you're giving me the boot here on some things. <laughs> as well. 
you know, um, but I listen, I want to say thank you so much for taking time. I, again, you know, while it's morning here on the East Coast, you know, it's super morning there on the West Coast. And I know you're about to get ready to go take another uh, uh, another shift in the hospital. And again, we, we asked, uh, please be safe and uh, we'll pray for you and your staff's uh, safety as you guys go through this time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely. Take care.